Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. There is a way that God has prescribed to you and me that we should come before Him, that we should live before Him, uh, kind of people that we should be before the Lord. And then if you're a note taker, write down 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. In 1 Corinthians 3, 16 and 17, this is what Paul says. He says, do you not know that you are the temple of God? The phrase temple of God here is the exact phrase for the Holy of Holies of the Old Testament. What should we be like when we come to the presence of the Lord? Today, Pastor Bill says that we are the temple of God, and therefore, we should come before the throne of God humbly. When you recognize that God is God, it should give you a reverence for who He is. Because God's more powerful than we are. When we talk to Him, we should be in a posture that recognizes that God is God and we aren't. Next time you talk to God, come before Him knowing that He is an all-knowing God. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 6 for today's edition of A Transforming Word. It wasn't for everybody to touch, first of all. Um, nobody was supposed to be looking into it. There was only permission given to put things in at particular times, but nobody was supposed to be treating the art gods. This is not a common thing. This, this is my presence. And it's not, you can't just go looking at it, touching it or whatever. And so there was something of the fear of the Lord that they had lost. And it was probably what was affecting how they were living probably why they weren't living the way God wanted, probably weren't they, why they weren't glorifying God the way that they were supposed to. And now on a day that should have been a celebratory day, we got the ark back. They start off well. They have the priest get it and take it off the cart and offer the sacrifice. But somebody, and evidently people were there around, but somebody went and said, man, let's, let's look in there. Let me, let, me see what's in, let me see what's inside the ark. And God said, boom, not going to treat this as a common thing. It's not a common thing. There is another time if, in Israel's history. If you note taker, write down second, in 2 Samuel chapter 6. So we won't be there for a long time. But in 2 Samuel chapter 6, something similar happened. Um, and David went back and got the ark and he brought it back home. And they were carrying the ark back. And as they were carrying the ark, now here, here again, they get in the ark back in 2 Samuel 6 from the Philistines again. The non-believers put the ark on a cart. But Israel had different instructions. So they put the ark on the cart like the, they said, well, hey, if it's good enough for the Philistines, it's good enough for us. They did God's work, but they didn't do it God's way. And they copied the, they copied the pagans and they put the ark on the cart and they carried it. And, and when it shifted, it says Uzzah reached up his hand to steady the ark and then God struck him. And David was upset. God outbroke against him and just struck him right there on the spot because he touched it. Wasn't supposed to touch it. Wasn't, wasn't supposed to be on a cart. Was supposed to be on poles with, with priests carrying it. And so you know what happened? David was upset. They left it there. They went, he went back home. Uh, but David got back into the word and realized that they, they did it wrong. And they went back and they did it. You, you, when you go back and read it, look when they went back, how reverent they were. The priests would take so many steps and stop and worship. And then a few more steps and stop. And when they, like, they, they, when they did it again, they did it with a whole lot more reverence. Uh, there was an understanding. You're not going to play with this thing. Um, and so 
Back to our story here, um, as I read this, I believe God was reestablishing among his people because they lost it. And he said, you guys need to remember who I am. And, and there should be a reverence and a fear about who I, who I am. I'm given specific instructions about how things are to be done. And they were just willfully, openly not honoring what God had prescribed. So God punished them severely to make a point. Now, the New Testament tells us that these things are written for our admonition. We're supposed to learn from this. So let me bring the application for us. One, there's no ark today. Um, so God doesn't live in temples or palaces or, or tabernacles or in a holy of holies anymore. Um, and so that part of it is not really applicable to us. But here's what's applicable to us. There is a way that God has prescribed to you and me that we should come before him that we should live before him, uh, kind of people that we should be before the Lord. And then if you're a note taker, write down 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. In 1 Corinthians 3, 16 and 17, this is what Paul says. He says, do you not know that you are the temple of God? The phrase temple of God here is the exact phrase for the Holy of Holies of the Old Testament. He says, look, you are the house of God now. You are where God dwells now. Do you not know, he says to believers in Corinth, because y'all know the Corinthian believers was tearing up. And Paul said, y'all must not know, right? Y'all running amok, y'all doing all kind of dilly-dally and sexual sin. <laughs> Do you not know, y'all, that you guys are where God, God, you're the temple of God? And he says this, and that the spirit of God dwells in you. And look at this warning. If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him for the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. That was Paul's warning to the church in Corinth. That's more applicable to you and me. There's no article that we got to be reverent about there. We're not running around. You know, I, I know some of y'all may have grown up in church and they say, you know, don't, don't, don't you touch the pews. Don't, don't, don't you stand behind that pulpit. You know, they, and I mean, some people act like God is going to strike, man, that ain't, it's, a, it's a wood, you know, it's a wood podium, sir, ma'am. Uh, it, it ain't nothing that powerful. You know what we need to be fearing is the Lord, not the places, not the things. There are people that are, you know, be real reverent about the Bible, the book of the Bible, the actual book. And I'm not saying to be out here mistreating your Bibles, but uh, I've met people that said, no, don't, don't write in there. No, don't, don't, you can't write, man. I'm going to highlight it, write it, circle it, scribble it, you know. I'm going to make a tool out of my Bible, right? But we can have all this reverence for things. And God has said, no, reverence me. Forget about them things. Forget about, not necessarily that we, we would reverence the book. God said, reverence me. The, I'm the God of the book. Those are my words. Do what they say. Live according to them. So let me come back to what we talked about in 1 Corinthians. Because God dealt severely with them for mismanaging the ark, which represented his presence, looking into it when they shouldn't have, doing what they were not supposed to do with the ark. And again, the big deal was that it was disobedience. It was, and in God's eyes, they were defiled. They were treating something holy as, as, as common. And God broke out against them. Now God says to you and me, you are the temple of the living God. You are the house of God. I put inside you my spirit. The spirit of the living God means God literally lives in you. And everywhere you go, y'all know that everywhere you go, God goes. Paul, in talking to the Corinthians, said, look, don't join yourself 
to a harlot because if you do, you you actually bringing God in there. Y'all know God don't say, I'm, hold on, I'm used to going in. I'll, I'll, I'll be out here till you get done. God, you, you bringing God into those scenarios and situations. And so as believers, I got to be mindful of that. I'm, God lives in me. The spirit of God, I gotta, that, that should impact where I go. Don't you guys think? It should impact what, where we go. It should impact what you watch. It's, it, it should impact how you treat people, what you do about things. It should impact you when nobody else is around. I know what I am. I know God is with me. And, and it shouldn't, I don't, it, it, it could be two ways you could look at it. The fact that God is always present. It could be a comforting reality or it could be something that causes you to be afraid. Uh, and I think that depends on how you live. And if you ain't living right, that should be a scary thought. That I'm finna go up in here and I know God is, oh man, he gonna get, yeah, he gonna get you. Right? God is patient, long suffering. He's gentle. Anybody here been disciplined by the Lord? Just just raise your hand up. Let me just, I just wanna, I just wanna know I'm not alone. And okay, when he finally does spank, does he, don't he spank? Yeah, I mean, it make it count. So um, I, I understand that. I, I, there's some things that I'm just not going to do because I'm like, I, I know he'll get me. I, I know I know I can't do that. I, I know I can't. I know better. And uh, and there's some things that are different. Now, here's, here's what's interesting to me. Who was God more harsh with, the Philistines or the Israelites? Why? Because they knew better. Right, right, right. God said, I, he spanked the Philistines. He gave them tumors and rats and plagued them and jacked them up for seven months. But 50,070 die. God definitely dealt more harshly because they do know better. And you need to remember that. Because you might be watching your non-believing friends and folks. And they look like they're having a good time doing the stuff. And, and God said, but you, you're not that no more. You, you're not going to get away with what they're getting away with. Anybody that's a believer that tries to go back, um, you're going to find out when you go that God is like, no, 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 no. You're not getting away with that. Um, I'm, I'm going to deal with you for that. One of the things, maybe it's been one of the blessings. One of the blessings of being in my place, uh, pastoring, counseling, meeting with people, is I've, I've been witness to this many, many, many times. I've been witness to people that knew better, that was like, I'm going to do it anyway. And I've been witness to what God did, how God responded. I've been there to see the other side of it. And you know what it happens to me? I don't look at them like that's what I look at them. And I'm like, oh, God, I fear God. God I'm not, <laughs> my dad told me this. My dad said when I was little, I have an older brother that's 10 years older than me. And uh, he, he ran away would do something with his friends one day. And he came back and we shared a bedroom. So my dad caught him, brought him into the room and spanked him. But I was in the room. So I may have been five or six or whatever. That may he'd have been 16, 15. But to me, he was a giant, six foot whatever. And I'm a little bitty kid. And my dad came in there and got with his program. And I remember I watched that whooping. My dad said, he said, ben, he said, you came to my room and said, Dad, what, what he did, I'm, I'm never going to do that. So I just want you to tell me what he did because I'm never going to do that, Dad. I'm going to be. It's like I said, whatever he did, I said, man, whatever that was, I ain't never going to do that, you know. Uh, it, it, it did something to me as a young fella, you know, um, we, we want to revere the Lord. And here's the thing. I, I don't know that God wants us to be in a place of like, we we're, we're not in a terror of the Lord because he loves us. There's this beautiful balance where there's, I know he loves me. I know he's for me, but I also know that he will discipline me because he loves me and he's for me. Therefore I revere him and I love him. 
I'm not in a terror of the Lord. The fact that God is present everywhere I go is many times, more times than not, it's a comforting reality. But sometimes it's the thing that keeps me from doing what I shouldn't be doing. Sometimes my awareness that God is, 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 is with me and watching everything I do, that's what's going to keep me from when my flesh is like, man, I should. And, and God's like, but, but you know I'm here, right? You, 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 know, you, you know you're not free to just do that anymore, right? And many times, that's, that's the thing that keeps me. It's kept my mouth shut at times. Um, it, it's, it's kept me from many things that as I look back, I'm never regretful of what God's presence kept me from. I never look back and say, I mean, I wish I had to did that anyway. Um, you know, some of you guys, maybe if you were with us for a long time, before we moved back to Inglewood, we, we had a house in Downey. And my next door neighbors uh, had sons that would party on a regular basis. I think the parents would leave and it seemed like every couple of weekends these kids would party. Oh, the whole weekend. I mean, it was so bad. It was always be because I'm getting ready on Saturday nights as a pastor. You're trying to get a good night's sleep so you can be ready for Sunday. Well, Saturday night was always the party night. Music was going DJ in the backyard. This is right next door. We share window space. I got people on the side of our houses at my window throwing up at their party. Now, the flesh side of me is like, I'm finna go out here and just tell everybody. I'm finna end the whole party. And God was like, man, you being a witness. We're, 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 we're witnessing to the family, Bill. We're, we, we, we got an agenda over here. That, the agenda, I did not move you over here to have comfortable nights of sleep. You on a, so, so I couldn't waste my witness running over there saying, shut up, everybody, get, kick them out, smack them, beat them. You know, it was like I just had to eat it and go to bed. And then Lord help me to sleep through all the throw up. And they would always be sorry. They come back, hey, I'm sorry, but I know, I know what, hey, I'm sorry, man, I'm sorry. And, and, um, and we, you know, God finally moved us, and now we got, we got neighbors that are respectable neighbors, just, just quiet, just, just go to bed early, and, you know, so it's, it's, it's nice now, you know. But I don't regret. I'm not here today saying, I wish I had to went over there and acted a fool. I don't regret that, but, you know, only God kept me from that. Everything in Bill was like, I need to go. I need to go do. They need to hear from me. And God was like, no, they don't. You need to lay down somewhere and, and say a prayer, you know. So um, you'll never regret, you guys. you never regret what you don't do because the Holy Spirit is there holding you in check. You will regret, however, anybody's ever done it, I have. When you say move, holy, I'm, you, when you go anyway, you'll regret that. You'll always regret that. And the Holy Spirit is there to keep us, to stop us, to, to keep us in, in, in step with the Lord. And so Paul reminds the Corinthian believers, I'm reminding you tonight in the love of the Lord that we're not dealing with an ark or a thing that represents God's presence. God says my presence is actually in you and I want you to represent me in this world. And you should be holy because the holy, here's the, here's the amazing thing about God. None of y'all would ever be holy if, the, if it were not for the Holy Spirit living in you. Because that's not in your nature. Y'all, even, even on a good day, you wouldn't be holy enough. So, so even those of us that are doing well in our walk with the Lord, we can't even take credit. You can't even be like, well, you know, I, brothers, I'm, I, I'm, I've been working on this holiness thing. It's God in you that's working. It's just you yielding to him inside, yielding to the Lord that caused us to walk in a, in a place of holiness, in a place of fearing the Lord. And so I hope that we'll grow a balanced reverence for the Lord, not terror, 
reverence. God, I fear you. I know you're not a joke. You're not to be played with. Your word is to be honored and obeyed, but also it's a love relationship. And, and it's, it's a, it should be a beautiful balance uh, of both. Um, I think my dad, you know, for, for you know, my dad's not a Christian, but as I, as I reflect on my childhood when my dad was in the home, I have to say that he did, my dad had the beautiful balance of loving me, but when he disciplined me, it was fire. It was like, so my dad was not flying off the handle. He didn't have a hot temper. He didn't, he didn't discipline you for every, any and everything. Whenever my dad spanked me, I had definitely earned it. Uh, I never got a spanking from my dad where I was, I shouldn't have got, I got, I, I didn't get some I should have got, but ones I got, I earned them. And my dad didn't waste them. When you got a whooping from my dad, it was like, I, I'm never going to do that again. The worst thing that happened to us as kids was my parents' divorce. And then once my dad and his belts left, it was like, you, you couldn't tell this boy nothing. Uh, I needed to be spanked. That, that, was, that was the worst thing ever happened to us, you know. So, um, But it was a beautiful balance. Uh, I knew I was loved. I knew I was covered. And I knew when I got spanked. I deserved it, and uh, and it was it was for my good, you know, and that's where the Lord the Lord is it's just a beautiful balance of loving us, uh, having our best interest in mind. But if we get out of line, He loves. He says He disciplines or chastens those that He loves. Amen. And so as we look at how we dealt with the Philistines, it seemed like a lot until we look at how He dealt with His kids. It seemed like a lot more because they should have known better. They had a they had an opportunity to have relationship, intimate relationship with the Lord. Uh, they should have known better because they didn't do better. Uh, God held them uh, accountable for that. Uh, let's look at the last uh, couple of verses here. Verse 20, it says, And the men of Beth Shemesh said, Who is able to stand before this holy Lord God? And to whom shall it go up from us? So they sent messengers to the inhabitants of Kerjath Jerem, saying, The Philistines have brought back the ark of the Lord. Come down and take it up with you. This is sad right here. After this happened, right, they said, man, who can who can stand before the, this holy Lord God? They said, we can't. So get this thing out of here. Just take it. They called they, the, the men of Beth Shemesh said, we can't, we can't do it. The men of Kerjab, Jim, y'all send some, y'all got to come get this thing. And rather than learning how to yield to be able to be in God's presence, they just said, man, we just can't get it out of here. We can't do it. And that's what some people do today. Rather than acquiescing, rather than humbling themselves, yielding to God, God, I, I will adjust to you. They just say, nah, he got to go. I, I can't. That's just too much. And they, they push the Lord away. Uh, anybody watching this, listening to this, don't ever do that. It'll always be a lose to push the Lord away. Even if you just got spanked, even if you've been disciplined, it'll always be the right thing to do to say, Lord, I, help me. Show me how to, I, I, I want to be in right standing with you. Show me how to do that. Now, we're, we're in a different place than these guys are, and that's what we need to be really grateful and thankful for. Y'all understand the new covenant is a way better covenant? Yeah, say amen. It's a, it's a way better covenant. They, they, the old covenant was rough because they had to do the law and they couldn't do the law. And if you didn't do the law, the, the, the judgments were harsh and severe and wham, in your face. We're under grace. We've been washed in the blood of the lamb. God's like, I'm going to put the Holy Spirit in you to help you because you need help. 24-7, I'm there helping you be holy. Um, I mean, so much, we have such a better promise, a better covenant, a better situation um, 
that we have to be thankful. But we also should learn from these things. So as we wrap this up tonight, here's the lesson that I, I believe we should gain from tonight. Um, one is this. Um, there, there, are, there, is, there is with the Lord a, a holiness, a set-apartness, um, that, that he should be seen as holy, powerful. There should be a reverence for his word, what he declares, what he says, that we would not treat God as just some common thing, right? That we don't treat God's words like somebody's words. No, those are God's words. It's a little different. God's words are different than my words. That's, I, I'm trying to be careful when I'm people ask for counsel. I try not to say, well, you know what I think or I feel. I try to say, well, look, it says this it says this right here. We um, on the men's Marco Polo. We had a, a deep discussion today over the Bible reading in Matthew. And we're looking at the, you know, the divorce and the remarriage. And so we had some. Yes, we got we got in there. We got in there real good. And so but with the, with the, as the questions roll, the answers got to come from it, it was just written. Paul said, Jesus said, it says that's where the answers got to roll from because the authority is with God, not with people. And you got a lot of people that tell you how they feel, what they think. And it's like, I don't want to hear none of that. What does it say? What does he say? What did he say? That's what we need to do. Amen. So we need to get that right. There, there's got to be a reverence that we, we, we have for God, for his word, for what he says, what he does. And second, a reminder to you and I that we are. We're the, we are now the temple of God. You are to be holy and set apart. Don't forget that. You are set apart to the Lord. And you're valuable to him. Paul later says in 1 Corinthians 6 that you've been bought at a price. You, your body is not even your own. You belong to the Lord. You've been bought at a price. That price was the blood of Jesus. He bought you. You belong to him. I belong to him. So therefore, he says, this is the conclusion Paul says, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So remember tonight, there's no ark anymore. You, you, you're the place where God dwells. And so because of that, there should be a holiness about us a set apartness about us, a reverential fear of the Lord about us. And if we do it right, you guys, we get to, we get to, we get to have the best of everything. I, I got the relationship with the Lord. I got the, the God dwells in me. God is powerful, but his power is for me, not against me. All the power of God is not coming against me to spank me. God is with me to help me. And you and I determine what God's hand is doing. Is it with me? Is it against me? God's hand is with those that are with the Lord. Y'all know that? If you set your heart to walk with and obey the Lord, to do what he calls you to do, God's hand's going to be with you in what you do. You set your heart against the Lord, against his word, against, and then God says, man, now my hand's against you. Um, I understand how powerful the hand of God is, and I need it to be with me and for me. Amen? You and I determine that God will never put his hand against you just on GP, just because. God's not going to wake up one day and say, you know what? My hand is going to be against her today. I just think she needed me. Well, pow. You know, he's not going to do that. God's hand is with those that are with him. But if you turn away and you go do your God, I, I, I can do that too. I put my hand against you just to, just to show you. So I want to encourage you guys. I love you guys. I love the Lord. Uh, I love myself. Right. And, and so I'm, as I read a chapter like this, I'm reminded since since you love yourself and love the Lord, make sure you obey him, because that, that's the best thing you can do for you is to walk in unison and obedience and in reverence to the Lord. I'm exhorting you to do the same. 
walk in fear of the Lord. If there's any area of your life where there is open rebellion or open disobedience, repent of that. Confess it, repent of it, leave it, that you would be walking with the Lord, that his power would be with you, uh, that you might accomplish great things for his glory in this life. Amen. You've just heard a transforming word brought to you by Pastor Bill Buffington. First Samuel is where we've been reading, and there's so much to take away from this book. Did you realize that many of the Psalms were written during the time that these events were happening? For much of this book, David was running from Saul. Wouldn't it be strange to be an arch enemy of your best friend's dad? Even though you didn't do anything deserving of death, you feel like a fugitive. And somehow, you found yourself in this situation where you're running for your life. This was much of David's existence in the book of 1 Samuel. He was doing great things, but King Saul was jealous of him and felt threatened by him. So he wanted to remove David completely from the upcoming kingship of Israel. Do you feel like you're on the run, undeserving of the circumstances you're in? Or are you on the other side, feeling jealous and insecure about another person, looking for their downfall? In either case, these two men needed God's help. One chose to rely on God, and the other turned away. Which direction will you choose? If you like the message you just heard, we're so glad. You'll find more solid teachings like this one from Pastor Bill Buffington at calvaryinglewood.org. Will you prayerfully consider spreading the good news with us? If this interests you, you can find the Give tab on our website. Don't forget, that's calvaryinglewood.org. This ministry is an outpouring of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Thanks for listening today to A Transforming Word.